Hello, 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 and Happy New Year. This is Like Trees Walking. I'm Michael J. Nelson. I am David Berge. Uh, this is the podcast where we talk about the important things in life. We do it from a Christian perspective. We do it with a smile on our face and a song in our heart. Yeah. And what is the song in your heart? The song today? in my uh, the song in my heart today is "Teach Me How to Dougie." Te- teach me how to Dougie because you just brought it up, Mike. How, the- how does that go? I don't actually. I, I believe the whole of the song is "Teach Me How to Dougie." Te- teach me, and then there is a man I think doing instructions of how one should Dougie. Is is his name Doug? No, and I'm. We'd have to, you know, some of our intrepid. Uh, internet researchers could figure that out, or people I'm sure right now are shaking their heads going, don't you understand the origins of the dance? You know, they could give us a long Wikipedia-length dissertation on the origins of yeah, the Dougie I, and its cultural significance. I always like going to Wikipedia and seeing that the entry for something like the Dougie is twice as long as the one for the Reformation or something. <laughs> you know, just... <laughs> there's insane amounts of research. Priorities, people. Stuff. Yeah. And did you know if you donated $3 right now to Wikipedia, like, there, if everyone... You could make that face go away. That could go say. away. and like, Yeah, like Jimmy Wales Jimmy would stop Wales. bothering you within 10 seconds. Almost worth it. Almost worth it. <laughs> I did. Uh, true confession, I did donate once to Wikipedia. Did you really? Yeah, I did. So my charitable uh, you know, benevolence extends to a one-time $5 donation to Wikipedia. Well, what what prompted this rash act? I just felt, I felt, I was like, you know what? I have Use used it. the heck out of Wikipedia, and I have never, I mean, I've, did, I have done some gag edits from time to time, and some real ones that got taken away. But, uh, you know, so I, I had taken much more than I had contributed, so I felt as though I owed, I owed them something. On that subject, I'd like to give a, a shout-out to a, a, a co-worker of mine who runs a, a podcast, or a, well, he used to do a podcast, but it's a blog called Citation Needed, which is just the funniest uh, entries in Wikipedia that need a citation. And just look it up. It's, okay. it's hilarious. So, because, so as you know, people make needed. lots of claims, and then... <laughs> It'll just have citation needed next to it. Delightful. Okay. Um, this is the new year. New uh, year, new yeah, you, this, new me. Uh, we're recording this in uh, early 2017. Did you ever think you would get to 2017? Not the way I live. I, I oh. There's no way can I make it past 2015. <laughs> you always said, uh, die young and leave a good-looking corpse, <laughs> right? Aren't you famous for that? I, I, yes, yes. Sort oh of a, the, I'm the James Dean of the ministry. You World. you had a good uh, uh, New Year's Eve though. I did. I was. Uh, I slept it in. I was asleep. Oh, you. What time did you go to bed? Eleven. Eleven p.m. That's that's about right for a, a guy with, with I have young three young children. children. <laughs> so I was like, I was. I care so much more about sleep than I do about the New Year. And yeah. you know, a little bit of a teaser. I mean, it's just it has no astronomical significance, <laughs> Michael. So I didn't, didn't uh, bother yes. me at all. But I we won't go there too soon. We will talk about that later. How That's about you? Good, did uh, you did you have a good New Year? I did. I'm on the other end of that where I'm too old to enjoy New Year's, <laughs> as opposed to like having children. So you go through the stages. Yeah. Not that I was ever a tear it up at midnight kind of guy. Just never you didn't, didn't want to get enjoy that. you didn't want to get turned. It seemed like that yes. <laughs> it seemed like it was amateur night, you know? Oh, it's a totally bunch amateur of people night. People coming out and getting all hammered up when, you know, I do that every day. So I don't need to do that. It <laughs> <laughs> is of course a joke. Uh no, but uh I think we we did make it to just past midnight and then uh no no turning the clock ahead and faking out the the uh, younger children around. We we actually made it to midnight. And then uh, the champagne remained sealed because the uh, the owner of the champagne said, 
yeah, I'm too tired to drink it, so let's just go to bed. No, you can't do that. <laughs> it was, and everyone kind of agreed. Like you know, it's not we didn't lack for anything else. So it was okay, just like, okay. Yeah, so I did. I, I did have a glass of champagne at 10:45. So ooh, yeah, woohoo! Barefoot bubbly, only the finest. So <laughs> we rang it in. So honey, uh, it, my wife, I know you're listening. It was great. I was, no, there's no one I'd rather have a cup of champagne at 10:45 on New Year's Eve. That sounds good. You. And happy new year to all of you out there. If you're listening to it later, maybe even a year later, happy new year again. (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise, happy July or what have you. Uh, We have a a good show. We're going to, Pastor Dave has an axe to grind. Oh, I got an axe to grind. This is, we, 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 we take on big matters of philosophy and theology on this mm-hmm. podcast, but we also say that we're a podcast that is not afraid to tackle trends in culture um, and offer a Christian perspective on them, and this is one of those ones. Where we, we took on PC, or, or took it up. I didn't say we, I don't know that we took it on, but we took it up. Yes. Uh, we took on PC before, so this is sort of in that same vein as a cultural trend that I feel needs a, cr- a Christian commentary on it. And I have an axe, and I'm more than... Watch out for sparks, people, because it's right. going to get ground. And later in the show, we have uh, a new department. Um, speaking of the, the current culture, this also touches upon that. Mm-hmm. Science and the current culture, to tease it a little bit. And uh, we have a new theme song for that as well. And I know people can't wait for our theme song. So uh, that's coming up later in the show, but let's get to it. Let's go. Let's stop. Um, now, you brought this to my attention today. I confess, as I said, I don't think anybody is under the illusion that I'm a young man, that I am with it, that I'm groovy in any way. And so I did not know what this was. Ghosting. Please uh, please explain it in the context uh, that you want to talk about it in, and then, uh, and, and then tell me what your, what your take on it is. All right. I, and this is a hot. This is a hot take. Okay. I, <laughs> only the hottest. <laughs> only of takes the hottest here. of takes here on Like Trees Walking. But so ghosting is my Mike did not know what this is, but in like uh, he, he he knows what it is, just not by the name. And his wife, who is basically the same same age as him, knew exactly what ghosting was. So this is not you can't use your age. It's just your <laughs> your withdrawal into your Howard Hughes like cocoon that I think we can <laughs> we can blame on that. But um, ghosting is where basically you. And a relationship. And this is not just like a dating relationship. This is any relationship that you have someone. It could be a professional relationship. could be a friendship. could be a dating relationship. Um, it could be a church member type relationship. You end a relationship that you have with someone by just completely ignoring any and all communication <laughs> that comes from one of the parties involved in that relationship. Wow. And, and uh, we're talking about all ranges of relationships here. Oh, yeah. No, it runs the spectrum. I mean, I've never heard someone ghosting like their parent, but I'm sure it's happened. But so an example would be like, um, how do you go someone? Say you were, you were dating someone and they, you know, you had a texting was part of your relationship and they texted you. And you literally like just never texted them back or they emailed you and you never emailed them back. And they called you and they never called you back. They treated you as if you didn't exist. So does this that also does this also involve then like what if you are constantly running into this person physically? Then you just disappear you, physically. I then, think that's it. I don't mean disappear. I mean you you vacate. I think you vacate. You you act as if this person no longer exists. It's like when you were a little kid. Did you ever? I don't know if you ever did this. Like pretend that someone's invisible. Oh yeah, and it yeah. just and and the person who's being treated as invisible, like it absolutely drives them crazy, because you're yeah. like you're like 
you're pretending that person doesn't exist and you can't see them and you can't hear them. And, and it's the cruelest of jokes that you can play on someone because they're like, I'm here. Like, stop acting like I'm not here. I know you can see me. I know you know I exist. You know? Yeah, it's a, it's a, uh, so it's a modern shunning, the old punishment of uh, shunning when a community would turn its back on someone and basically pretend they weren't there. They were not allowed to participate in the normal day to day of that community. Yes. That's, that's yes. brutal. It is. Oh yeah. It's a, it's a dehumanizing, a, a deep dehumanizing of the person who you're in a relationship with because it, it's, I mean, pretending as if someone doesn't exist is it actually some ways just the same thing as if they didn't exist for you in there. So it's, it's deeply dehumanizing to the person who is on the receiving end of the ghosting. So they call it ghosting because it's basically like you disappear. Mm-hmm. Like a ghost from that person's life, like a like a specter. And um, all you have are their previous texts and emails and emojis and bitmojis. <laughs> and bitmojis. Bit that's yeah, that's all that you have. And um, and I and I I was just this was a requested topic. I was just having a conversation about about this with someone the other day. Just how prevalent, um, you know, with this current generation, this phenomenon of ghosting in. And, and what I would say, a troubling cultural development, what it means for our ability to build community, because you can't, Mike, this is my hottest take, you can't, yes. you can't have community without conflict. Yes. You can't have genuine relationships without conflict. And so when people, like, recuse themselves from the possibility of conflict by treating someone like they don't exist, it's ripping the fabric of our society apart. And uh, I was looking at a, just a, a quick factoid. I was looking at Psychology Today article about ghosting <laughs> to get the, 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 I think, the broadest view of it, the Time magazine of uh, psychological. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they said uh, 50% of people in, in their survey had been ghosted and 50% had ghosted others. Uh-huh. Seems a little too neat and round number for it me, does. but let's take that as but a it's, general yeah, thing. Yeah, so this is not some niche concern. Like, this yeah. is a vast, broad cultural trend. I mean, I can say that I have been on the receiving end of ghosting before. And I'm the oldest millennial, so, you know, I sort of straddled the generations. But I was just shocked. It was in an interaction with a millennial. We were looking to hire someone for a children's ministry job at mm-hmm. the church. Um, and so it was before finding the candidate who we eventually settled on, who is just was excellent. So uh, thank you, God, for this per- person ghosting on us. But before we found the person we eventually uh, went with, before we had, had had been communicated with by them, we found this other person who were like, oh, this person's great. You know, uh, we're really interested. Let's do a follow-up interview to just, you know, get some, get some more official kind of interview, and we'll offer this person the job if this interview goes well. We're really excited and interested about this. So, you know, the person does it. They go. I follow up. I say, hey, the first interview went great. We'd love to bring a couple other people in and do a secondary follow-up interview with you to talk more about the position. Get the email back. Oh, that's great. I said, meeting meeting on, let's say, Thursday at my office uh, at the church with a couple more people. This is great. I set it up. I get a room full of people there. Nothing. The the person doesn't show up. Okay. And when someone doesn't show up to something like that, you sort of get worried about them. Like, are they okay? Because I mean, they said, see you there. I mean, I, the last part I heard from them was a see you there. And this, this, this person, she just, she ghosted. So I, and like we had communicated via the phone. So I sent a text like, Hey, are you on your way? We're here. Is everything okay? Like, are you all right? I sent an email just saying like, <laughs> and, and the person, I know I can see from their Facebook that they're still alive. Oh dear. They did not die. 
They just decided that instead of saying like, oh, thanks, I'm not interested in the job anymore, the appropriate response to do in a professional setting was to ghost. Wow. Now, I'm sure you'll say something about this because I know you have a lot of thoughts on it, but wouldn't that, that would seem to weigh so heavily on one's conscience as you went along further. Like first you decide to ghost, then the person texts you the next day and you feel that shiver of shame, that sort of, oh, just leave me alone. And then, you know, a couple more follow-ups, each sort of grinding into your consciousness. I think it would be like the telltale heart beating under the stairs. And you carry carry that with you for the rest of your life that I have ghosted in this situation. (laughs) And it's what's so funny to me about this is it's a, a simple email. You know, at this stage in the relationship, a simple email could have resolved it all like you know thank you so much for your consideration but the more i thought about it i'm i'm just not interested or i'm looking at something else that like three sentence email with the best regards at the end could have could have accomplished what the ghosting couldn't which is to just what did the person want they weren't interested in the job they wanted to to end that relationship could have done that Without yeah. carrying the guilt and the shame and the burden along with them for the rest of their life, and it's it, it's not like an email requires a, a lot of personal, you know, eye to eye contact. That's no. pretty easy to just go. You know what? I realized I'm at a different place in my life. You know, even if I would say, even if this happened after, like I I feel so ashamed. I I had some turmoil about this thing, and I just spaced it out. And so sorry, but I'm not interested. Even that would sort of. It would, you know, that's a band-aid totally, after the fact, but totally. yeah, still. Yeah, yeah, that just, this ghosting, and so, you know, I think, I, think, I, I think most people generally can agree that ghosting is bad. You know, no one's going around bragging about ghosting. But what is it, so, you know, I'm a pastor from a, from a Christian perspective. What do I see as so, um, so destructive about it? Uh, I think there's several things. I mean, one, I think it is dehumanizing in the sense of, if each and every human being is a bearer of God's image and so bears that that dignity, and that's uh, I'm I'm reading through the Bible in one year in the new year, and we just got to Genesis mm-hmm. six, uh, and the story of Noah, where uh, you know don't uh, don't basically the the commandments after the flood are don't murder because you've destroyed an image bearer of God when you do that. That's mm-hmm. why murder is bad from the biblical perspective because you're destroying a fellow image bearer. Well, when we treat a fellow image bearer of God as if they don't exist, that is also debasing and defacing the image of God. And that's bad. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that conflict is part of being in relationship and it's healthy. Talks about in scripture and Proverbs about iron sharpening iron. And so when we do conflict and we do it well, it actually doesn't hurt us. It makes our relationship stronger and it makes us a better person. I know that in my own life, relationships, marriage, true friendships, true relationships in my family, that the way that conflict has happened and happened well um, has made me a better person. So so we need to be, if we're committed to true general, genuine relationships with each other, we have to be committed to engaging in conflict, not just disappearing mm-hmm. when things get bad. And, and I think of uh, the history of the church. Uh, Paul writes in his letter to the Galatians, he talks about a conflict that he had with the Apostle Peter. Peter withdrew from table fellowship with the Gentiles because it was offending Jewish Christians who were saying, how can you eat with these uncircumcised people who don't keep kosher? And the whole point of the gospel was we are sort of um, kosher was good for its time, but now we're not in that era anymore and we're liberated from that. And so Paul says, no, when this was contrary to the gospel, so I opposed Peter to his face, Mm -hmm. he says, 
He didn't ghost. He didn't go, oh, well, he's doing it this way, so I'm just going to ghost from this. He opposed him to his face. He didn't just take off to Turkey and never come back. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And so if we're going to do church right and well, we need people who aren't just going to ghost. And the fact that this was a Christian person, a person applying for a ministry job who ghosted in this situation, it, it, it made me despondent, not because I was sad to not end up with this person, but I just go, what kind of culture and society do we live in where this is viewed as like a, a like acceptable right. behavior? If not acceptable, at least you know, an option. It's an option. It's, it's on the menu of things you could use to, to end a relationship. So, Mike, you've heard this Jeremiah. You know, you were one who had no idea that ghosting even existed. I come in with this impassioned Jeremiah against what I see as a, you know, uh, something, an acid that is eroding our culture. What do you say when you hear me, you know, doing this? Well, you know, I, I did some thinking while you were, uh, oh, you, you told me this, uh, I don't know, half an hour before we did this podcast. Yeah. And I, I confess that I had never been ghosted, nor had I ever ghosted, as to the best of my knowledge. Upon reflection, I have a very funny story. I ghosted someone. <laughs> Confess, Mike. Confess. I, this, now, look, I know this is not a get-out-of-jail-free card, but I was not yet a Christian. So I was <laughs> I was in my 20s, and I, I, I was not in a good place in my life, and I had a series of terrible jobs. And one terrible job was... Um, I don't want to get too specific because it probably still exists. It was like a debt counseling, which was, you know, physician heal thyself at that point in my life, <laughs> which is a terrible, terrible job of just sitting like people who, who had uh, enormous credit card debts would come in and go, you know, could you negotiate with the, the credit card, you know, to get my bill down and you'd set them up. And it was in this sad paneled office with just one other guy who sat there smoking and mounding up his ashtray all day. And we never spoke. And, and he was my boss. It was like a two man operation. And the oh, clock man. would just tick on the wall in this sad paneled office. And one day a friend said, Hey, come to uh, a good friend, come to St. Louis and we'll just tear it up, man. And so I, uh, I set it up, I brought the plane ticket, and I just walked out of the office one day. <laughs> and never went back. Never in. went back. So I did, I, that was the ultimate ghosting. And I actually saw the guy like a couple months later, and it was, I was deeply, deeply shameful and embarrassing, of course. I what mean, did you say to him? Uh, I, I don't recall. I think it was so traumatic that I probably don't, I have no memory of it. He just sort of stared at me. Where you been, Nelson? <laughs> that was exactly it. Yep. Uh, so I did ghost. You are a ghoster. I am. I but think how laying like, out my confession. Think how much easier it was. Like ghosting wasn't a thing before, and think how much easier it was to ghost. Like before cell phones and social media, you know, before we were so hyper connected. Ghosting, you know, it's like if he called your home phone and he didn't have an answering machine, like you'd never have to answer it. You'd never have to speak to this person. So yeah. that's why ghosting seems so much more like it's treated as sort of a. I think. For the person doing the ghosting, they're like, well, it's painless. I'm walking away. I'm not communicating. Yeah, right. But because we're so hyper-communicated, it, that's why it's so much more of like – it feels so much more aggressive and is like an affront. Like you have to go out of your way to do this. And so it is an erasure of the human being. You are defacing the image of God in me, and that's why it hurts so bad. I'll add one other thing. I, uh, in, my, in my work environments, I learned from a, a wise person uh, – uh, a while back, uh, and I've done this for a while now, is if you get into any contretemps over email, any sort of misunderstanding, and you just can't understand what's going on either through text or email or whatever, I would just pick up the phone 
and I, I start everything by apologizing. I'm so sorry. I think we're not communicating. What's the beef? What's going on? And nine times out of 10, it's solved almost immediately. But if not, you, you get to that conflict is worked out through, well, I thought you were saying this. And usually, usually it's some misunderstanding. But even if it's not, it's really not that hard to just, and, and ever since I've done that, I have really not had any lingering problems with people in you know, interpersonal or work. So you mean like actually talking to another? I know, I know. This is a this is a (laughs) this is a real throwback for those of you out there who don't who would never even consider it. But it works. It works a charm, as the British say. Yes, yes. And this, I think, this is real. This is where uh, biblical wisdom is just. I think general wisdom as well that human beings were created for communion and for relationship, and so we do. Uh, we are at our best when we are actually engaging in those things and that sometimes these mediums that we set up for communication, um, they make communication easier in a sense, but they make it much more fraught and much more difficult than the genuine sort of human to human, person to person, voice to voice at least communication that we were truly designed for, um, that these artifices like actually get in the way of true genuine communication. So people pick up the phone, sit down to coffee, meet face to face, that way, like, even if relationships end or you go in different directions, which is totally okay, um, you're not going to be carrying around that shame or those bad feelings or heaping that upon someone else. I know that for sure. And I, and I speak from the heart on this as a pastor. Um, like, I recognize that people, part of ministry is people come into your church life and they, and they leave it. And that just happens. And when people leave and they tell you, and they tell you why it actually doesn't hurt that much. Like I've been told everything under the sun and like, so people don't like my preaching. Like that's, that actually doesn't hurt my feelings because I think I'm pretty good at it and I'm comfortable with what I do. So if they don't like it, that's totally fine. It's not for, it's not for everyone and not everyone is, is for the community. But when people just sort of drift away and stop showing up, especially when they've been leaders or you've had a deep relationship with them, when they ghost on you, it is very painful because it leaves you to fill in the blanks. And usually yeah. the way that you fill in that blanks is like, oh, I guess I wasn't an important person in that person's life. And so yeah. a message gets sent, which is probably not the message that you intended. And so from a Christian perspective, um, I think we owe it to our fellow image bearers to, um, to, to not erase that or debase that, but to uphold that through conflict and through, and through communication. And it's not going to be that bad. I think what you should do is you should Casper the friendly ghost people. <laughs> you know how he was always going right up to people and getting in their face and confronting them and saying, hi, let's talk. So fr- what about the scene? Is that the worst uh, thing I've ever No, that's read. the best thing you've <laughs> okay. ever said. What about the movie Ghost? That one scene in Ghost? Uh, the pottery wheel one. Don't yeah. ghost people that way. <laughs> okay. Here's a great, here's a, well, before we move on to our, uh, our appeal, here's a great story. And it's a good story. My sister, uh, she was always very, very good. Goody two shoes. But there was one time where she totally lied to my parents and, uh, and, um, the movie Ghost was out. It happened to also be out at the same time as the movie Ghost Dad, starring Bill Cosby. <laughs> oh. Now, my parents, my sister was probably like 11 at this time, oh, and like yeah. they were not going to let her go see the movie Ghost because there's the pottery wheel scene in right. it. Right, yeah. Um, so she tells, but her friend's birthday party, they were going to see the movie Ghost, and I was like, all oh, the kids were seeing it. But my parents wouldn't let her. But, oh, mom and dad, we're going to a movie. What movie, Laura? Oh, Ghost Dad. And so she went out and snuck behind their backs and went to the movie Ghost and not Ghost Dad, like she said. 
the irony is that now going to see Ghost Dad would be much, much worse. <laughs> no, exactly. Like, do you know who's in that? <laughs> Bill Cosby? Oh, oh yeah. Uh, on that note. The plot thickens. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break. We'll hear the pastor's appeal, and then uh, we'll be back with a new department and a new theme song. Can't wait. Hooray. She turns away again to laugh behind a bitten fish. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to Like Trees Walking. Uh, thank you for all the sharing. We ended the year the best ever, and we continue to um, grow. And so there's a couple things you could do that would really help us out. The first, could you go to iTunes and give us a rating and a review? We have been stuck at 19 five-star reviews. This is the second time you've heard me say that. Please, um, make up fake accounts. Uh, log in through your mom's account or your dad's, uh, your grandma's. I don't care. And uh, and give us a five-star review. And if you could leave us a rating as well, we would really, 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 really appreciate that. Um, you can follow us online. Uh, like Trees Walking does have a Facebook page. You go to LikeTreesWalkingPod.com, and you can sign up for our email newsletter to get a little extra uh, goodies from us about what's going on. Or you can follow um, at LTWPod on uh, Twitter, and you'll know when the episodes are dropping and come out, even before they're up on iTunes. Or you can also follow me. Uh, I'm David underscore Berge on Twitter, and Mike is uh, at Michael J. Nelson. So um, those are ways you can connect with, with us and help us um, outside the context of just listening to the show. But thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. And now let's get back to the pod. And we are back. This is Like Trees Walking. That was Pastor Dave. I am Michael J. Nelson. In the first half of the show, we talked about ghosting. And before we get to our new department and our new theme song, uh, any final thoughts on that, PD? Uh, Don't, 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 don't ghost. Uh, It's fine. If relationships end and they change or you drift away, that's one thing. But like actively just walking away from and ceasing communication with another human being with whom you have a relationship is is really 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 bad and it makes the world a worse place and it is a counter testimony to the reality of god's kingdom in this world so as a christian i appeal to you stop doing this for the common good but uh but if you're someone who considers yourself a christian i would just ask that you please commit yourself to the hard work of um of conflict and of ending relationships well through communication and in that way you're upholding the the dignity of every person um and you're doing what you're created to do which is communication communion um even through the midst of conflict so that's my appeal yeah i mean you know you look at it people they wouldn't even ghost their sandwich artist at subway they'd give them the decency of seeing it through to the end even if they had conflict over the guy putting the wrong sauce on yes. the sandwich. You know, you can if you if you could do that, you could see it through with people that you know and have relationships with. Yep. So, let's let's end the scourge of ghosting. Let's bust those ghosts. <laughs> Who you going to call? All right. Now, we have a new department and why don't you lead into it and then we'll play the theme song. Explain how you came up with this idea 
Um, and then I'll play the theme song, and we'll have our new department. So go ahead. All right. Well, I came up with this idea for this department because Mike revealed himself to be um, a bit of a micro micro communist. Like he <laughs> predicted something before it happened, which I was absolutely amazed with. He did it on Twitter before the new year. Mike sent out this tweet. This it was dated. This is dated twenty eight December, twenty sixteen. Mm-hmm. And so uh, at Michael J Nelson tweets to get ahead of it. Yes, at Neil Tyson, referring to the great Neil deGrasse Tyson. Tyson. He said, to get ahead of it, yes, at Neil deGrasse Tyson. Uh, We know it's not New Year for those who don't use our calendar. Now go away. The adults are having fun. (laughs) And so Mike says this because it's a shot at Neil, who always kind of does this light trolling um, around things. And then, Mike, Neil did something amazing. Yes, and we'll get to that in a second after we play our theme song for our new department, which we're calling Tyson Tweets, aren't we? (laughs) Uh, Yes. (laughs) So here's a suitably serious theme song for it that I I think you'll recognize. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Rangers in space! Power Rangers in space, I think, is about all he really deserves for his level of expertise on the cosmos. Uh, Yes, that was the Power Rangers in space theme song. It wasn't really a new theme song, and I apologize for that. But this is our new department, Tyson (laughs) Tweets. Tyson Tweets. Now, uh, so what happened then on New Year's is he, in fact, did... Uh, do a, a spoiler tweet. I don't remember the exact thing, but it was pretty much what I said he would do. <laughs> well, Mike, I can tell you what, okay, what he I'll tweeted. On, so Mike, remember, Mike Nelson tweeted on the 28th of December. And so Neil deGrasse Tyson tweets this on January 1st. To all, to all on the Gregorian calendar, that's our calendar for those keeping score at home, to all on the Gregorian calendar, Happy New Year. A day that's not astronomically significant, dot, 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 in any way, dot, 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 at all, Dot, 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 whatsoever, period. Ooh, burn on us. And at the time of this, which this, I think, I don't know when the person retweeted it. Uh, it was three days ago, so just a day afterwards. At the time of the retweeting of this, uh, that it came to my attention, this tweet had 9,255 retweets and 19,929 likes. <laughs> The response to Neil was overwhelming to his wonderful insight. Well, he sure took a, a sword to that straw man, because who said that it was? I mean, is, are people going around going, do you know how astronomically significant tonight is? <laughs> like, no, it's the last day of the calendar. That's, everybody knows. It's not even a thing. But anyway, give, give us another. Uh, so we have a list of some Tyson tweets here. Uh, Pastor Dave, take the first one, his Christmas tweet. Oh, um, <laughs> I think this was 2011. I'm not sure about that. <laughs> so Neil says, a Christmas tweet. Uh, on this day, long ago, a child was born who, by age 30, would transform the world. Happy birthday, Isaac Newton, born December 25th, 1642. <laughs> oh, in <laughs> See, your face. I thought dummies. he was talking about Jesus, but you idiots, he was talking about a real hero, Isaac Newton. Yeah, uh, there's a little problem with that. However. What's that? What's the, that? The, the problem is that Isaac Newton was not born on Christmas Day. That's a uh, that's a mistake, a misnomer. He should have snoped that before he uh, tweeted that out. Uh, the other thing is that Isaac Newton was a devout Christian. So in your face, 
Mr. Tyson. And he was also an alchemist. <laughs> so, <laughs> so in your face again. So, yeah, if you're going to troll someone by being Mr. Um, well, actually, Erm, as and I, yeah, and I'm smart and you're dumb and you say something wrong, that, as the kids would say, delete your account. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and another dumb one. And then we'll get there's a couple that require a little more unpacking. But uh, according to the song, Rudolph had a shiny nose, meaning it reflected light useless for navigation. <laughs> Says the great doctor. <laughs> that is one of the dumbest things. I don't even think that needs comment. <laughs> Who's he trolling? Four-year-olds? I, I, I don't <laughs> like, <laughs> you thought Rudolph could guide the sleigh? He's useless. <laughs> He's probably not even real. <laughs> oh, that is really oh. dumb, sir. Uh, what's the next one, Dave? Oh, this, is, this one's great. If there are ever a species for whom sex hurt... It surely went extinct long ago. Oh dear. Um, oh, where to start? I, I did see that that was uh, that one drew quite a bit of attention from other scientists who held up a finger and went, uh, <clears throat> uh, <laughs> "Sir, uh, I'm an expert on, let's say, bed bugs, uh, ducks." Uh, yeah, I think cats, ducks. Yep. Uh, the, the list went on. There's on. a long list, <laughs> and uh, as as some have pointed out, for certain human beings, <laughs> so it can be an unpleasant ex- experience, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, particularly uh, the first time. And so, uh, like, that's just it. It's like it's just on its face. It's so dumb. And uh, then he thought Neil sits down. He thinks, "Oh yeah, this yeah. is like a, this is a great insight. Here's a new insight." Uh, this is oh, you read the next one too because this isn't right up your alley. Oh, I love this. I remember this one. Um, in Star Wars, in the Star Wars movie Force Awakens, BB-8, a smooth rolling metal spherical ball, would have skidded uncontrollably on sand. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, yeah, again, I don't know, is that better or worse than the Rudolph one? I, you know, it's it's a movie? I, I don't know what and to they, say about that. And it's that. like, I think they actually did use like a, um, they had like a remote controlled like puppet thing that they used for it. So it actually did work on Sam. Yeah, that like, was also pointed out. It too. was pointed out that like this actually it happened. It was a physical uh, uh, prop, right? Yeah, so, it was yeah. a physical object. It wasn't just CGI. So it was like, <laughs> Neil... Wrong in so many ways. Neil, go. Uh, Another dumb one. Space aliens would surely think it odd that one way humans express affection is the simultaneous exchange of saliva. Referring here to kissing, of course. Yeah. Is is that the point of kissing? Neil, I I think you're doing it wrong. (laughs) You're just trying to exchange saliva? That's why his wife's like, stop spitting in my mouth, Neil. (laughs) Plus, that's an old, I mean, that's a... You know, swapping spit is like a 50s term for, you know, so it's not, there's nothing original or it, it's it's just. I always thought the term necking was funny. Yeah. It's, like our, I, I never could figure out the, what is Like the... we're literally putting our necks together. <laughs> that would be actually much more odd if space and it's uh, human beings banging their necks together. That would be odd. All right. Next one. Oh, okay. This one, uh, yeah, this one ahead. was much maligned um, and, and I will join the chorus of maligners. Um, Earth needs a virtual country, hashtag rationalia, with a one-line constitution. So remember, people, all the complexities of human government um, can be boiled down to this one-line constitution for Neil's new country of hashtag rationalia. All policy shall be based on the weight of evidence. Oh, such uh, galaxies of dumb in that one, <sighs> one tweet. 
does he he thinks that no one has thought of that 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 is what government is is meant to sort of tease out is what is the most uh, rational, the most evidence-based thing that we should do. And, like which, what? and wh- which, which evidence matters more? How do you weight the value and of certain evidence? Whose you know? evidence? Uh, well, uh, it's like Neil has... It's, it's like he doesn't understand the world. And it, it's like... I, I hate to be uh, ad hominem here, but that, that is deeply puerile. That is so <laughs> childish. It's Anyway, let's not dwell on that. Let's dwell on the tweets themselves. The good thing about science is that it's true whether or not you believe in it, says the great doctor. Dave, your thoughts. Well, (laughs) isn't science like, I mean, it's it's a process, it's a method. And the finding of science, aren't these things constantly open to discovery and inquiry and and the results of science or the best understanding of science is something that's constantly shifting and changing? No, I'm afraid, uh, what was that science, oh, phrenology, where you feel the bumps on people's heads? Uh, that's true whether or not you believe it, apparently, because that was science at one time. And science one time, it was true whether you believed it or not. Or what about the science that said um, that you like not, you shouldn't eat eggs, you know, dietary science, because that's really, really bad for you, mm-hmm. and now you should eat eggs, or you shouldn't have salt, and now you should have salt. Or the um, findings of, I love it, like the most recently, the findings of psychology, um, several of the most important findings from that discipline have failed under reproducibility of sort of a meta-analysis. And so um, are the findings of that science true, whether we believe it or not? Uh, this just seems to me to Neil fundamentally misunderstands his own discipline. Yeah, and, and is he also unaware of the vast, vast volumes written about what science is, the philosophy of science? When you say the word science, that it's not... You know, it's not just that thing on the internet. Yeah, science. Do you even science, bro? Science is is a the the philosophy of it. There there are thousands of volumes written about it. Nobody's settled on what it is. Has what he read it? no Thomas Kuhn? No Michael Polanyi? Like like it's just incredibly unself aware that yeah, the process of science itself, the philosophy of science itself, is a is a vast and complicated and extremely interesting literature. I would say what what bothers me most about Neil is he's this person who purports himself to be, you know, smart, like incredibly smart. He's a public intellectual, yet he seems so disinterested and uncurious about the things that he's talking about. Yeah, so this might be a department that we will have to revisit because apparently uh, we're going to get more of this. This is just a tiny sampling of the things he said over uh, over the last few years. But we've so. only scratched we've only scratched the surface. Yeah, so bro, we will science again at some time. Thank you, Neil deGrasse Tyson, for those tweets that we could chew on. Thank you, Pastor Dave, for your thoughts on ghosting. <laughs> what is the, what is Neil's like? You can't talk about ghosting. Ghosts don't even exist, <laughs> idiot. He took that one down. <laughs> like, yeah. So uh, I'm happy to share my thoughts on ghosting. I have a lot more to say that struck deep at my core and my heart. But uh, but but it was a cultural rant worth having. Well, we will be back uh, next time on Like Trees Walking. Land.